Well, hey there. Uh, this is the cold open before the cold open. Uh, a bit of a disclaimer, if you will. Uh, the podcast you're about to listen to was recorded a few weeks ago, right before Easter. And uh, we have debated whether or not we were going to share it because, frankly, it's uh, filled with some low affect. Uh, I was dealing with a little bit of the depression at the time. Uh, but we're talking about the idea of liminal space and what do you do? when you're waiting and uh, guess what a lot of us are still waiting so um, you know we said some of these were going to be fun we said some of them were going to be serious and well folks this is one of the serious ones enjoy I just realized that um, as we're about to have this conversation that I have zit cream all over my face I've been realizing it the whole time we've been sitting here (laughs) Does it bother you? No. I'm used to it. What does that mean? Here's something. Uh, All the waiting. So much waiting. So much waiting. Where do you feel like you're waiting the most right now? So, um... As some of you know, we are freelancers, and uh, my main job is a commercial and film director, and right now, production around the world is completely canceled, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, retainers canceled and postponed, and... Yeah, a lot of things canceled, a lot of things have stopped completely. And so, I think, like, I think for me, the biggest part is... is, um, just like waiting for work. Yeah. What, what is work going to look like? What what will jobs look like? What will commercials and advertising and the short film that we were, you know, about to 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 do is that going to get funded anymore? Um so I I mean, I think mostly I'm waiting for work. Yes, waiting for phone calls and opportunities and even the like energy of the excitement of this came my way. Is it going to turn into something, Mm -hmm. you know, not even just the work itself, but like the energy of kind of like when you were auditioning all the time, like, yeah, even if you don't get it, there is something like fun and exciting about the, the at bat. Yeah. And there are no at-bats. Yeah, very, very, very few at-bats. And I imagine that there are a lot of people that are feeling similarly. Mm -hmm. Um, Either they're completely out out of work and and their job is just done, done, canceled, um, fired, let go. Um, Probably some other people like us in this scenario where... It's very possible that once the world opens back up again, that that will, you know, continue. And then I think then there are the people that are just like still luckily fortunate enough to have their jobs just doing it in a very different way. But mm-hmm. I think I I can't. I It's hard to imagine there there aren't people listening that aren't waiting for something. Yeah. Do you like waiting? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't like waiting. Um, I like to be busy. And um, also, uh, for those of you who are Enneagram aficionados. um, Some people hate the Enneagram. 
That's true. Some people are uh, against it. They're like, don't even talk to me about that. I've not met many of those people. Mm. I know um, a few. Enneagram is like a personality profile yeah. test. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Not a test. It's a. It's really a way of life. If you're talking to the people. <laughs> if you're in deep, it's a way of life. And I think we're probably in deep. Yeah. So at any rate, I'm a seven. You're a. Four. A four. Um, and sevens, um, since we're talking about me right now. Always. Um, uh, do not like to feel their feelings. And so they become very busy. Mm -hmm. They're preoccupied with. So much fun. So fun, distraction. Experiences. Addictions. Activities. Um, anything. Pile it on. So you don't have to feel. And right now there's just not that much going on. I mean, there's plenty like going on in our home. It's like very busy and very boring at the same time. So busy, so boring. <laughs> yes. Because it's like the same conversations sort of over and over. It's the same messes. It's the same struggles. The same freaking dishes. It's the same uh, meals. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just like yeah. every single household. Yes. Right. Not every, but most households is like are in that same situation. But in even that, there's waiting because you're like waiting for things to return to normal. Whatever that's going to be. Right. And not that you necessarily want to go back to how it was. Right. I mean, in so many different categories, you could like check in to be like, do I want it to go how it was? But you're waiting for like, for for life to kind of open back up mm-hmm. to how it was. Do you notice anything in the waiting? Um, excuse me. Are you my therapist? <laughs> excuse me. Nearly. <laughs> um. Well, I was thinking a lot of, about it today specifically. So we happen to be um, Christians. And so in our tradition, uh, the day that we're recording this is Holy Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it's the day between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And um, in our faith tradition, this is the day that um, is a dark day of waiting. It's a sort of sorrowful um, and, um feeling of empathy of um the story goes that the that on friday that this rabbi that the disciples had been following was crucified and then on saturday they're all waiting and wondering what what is going to happen next and now not knowing that there would be yeah, I mean, that's Sunday. the thing. Yeah. And so I think that's what was what struck me today as I was thinking about about the waiting is that, it you know, in our tradition, we kind of have these three days, Good Friday, Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday. And you get to sort of go through this process of mm-hmm. of grief and of waiting and then of, you know, celebrating new life and resurrection and what comes on the other side of death and all that. Um, but we are stuck in the same place that the disciples were stuck in of like not having any idea what happens next and not knowing that there would be like not knowing when Sunday will come. Mm-hmm. And so um, it made me think about some research that I had. To, are you ready for a history lesson, Margaret? Oh, bring it on. In 1906, Whoa. a French anthropologist by the name of, oh, geez, Louise. Hickory Dickory Doc. That is not correct. <laughs> um, his last name was 
Gerard. Okay. Okay. I can't, I, it's not I, ringing I, a bell, but I, I'm with you. Okay. Well, whoever he was, he developed this concept called liminal space. Okay. And liminal space was created um, when you have this total upheaval in your life. It creates a crisis mm. and creates this space of unknowing, of like, confusion and wondering what is going to happen next Mm -hmm. and essentially it's a place of waiting and then the other thing that i was thinking about ready for another history lesson i always the word liminal in latin actually means threshold Hmm. and so threshold when you think about a threshold is not something that you ever stay in yeah 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 it's you don't like walk into a doorway to stand there. You no. Right. Okay. N- no. It, you walk through it. It's not something that you yeah. stay in. It's something yeah. you walk through. Well, I think like what's fascinating to me about the idea, and when I think of like as you're talking about the disciples, like this really, and then trying to like think of the liminal notion of that being a threshold, like this very um, shocking thing happened. The the rabbi that they had given their lives to was taken and crucified like and they had expected such a different outcome like this was the exact opposite of what they expected and it was like now they were in danger because of it and then like it's so hard to imagine what it was like for them at that moment on their whole holy saturday which of course it was just terrible saturday because they didn't have sunday yet and we're like it's almost like impossible for us to really pull that apart that like but I think, and I think about this too, like even after our first daughter was born and I just like took a nosedive into postpartum depression. And there was a point when I couldn't see, I couldn't see that any, like I thought everything that had happened, everything that was going to happen had already happened. Like I didn't, I was like, this is the new me this is the new life this i i'm like it it happened and this is where i'm at this is who i am now oh no i didn't believe because i was so like outside of my right brain that things would keep happening and changing and like and like they didn't know that this crazy thing was going to happen that they were walking through something they thought they were already on the other side of something and i think like in the waiting we don't know what's on the other side of this crazy global collective trauma of being completely out of control of a virus um, and being faced with our lack of control and like the smartest people, the best thinking, quickest, smartest, all that, like they, even they can't move fast enough to totally like prevent this from wreaking havoc, but we are walking through something like this isn't the end. Mm -hmm. But like, we don't know what, what is Sundays, you know, if we're yeah. like keeping in that metaphor, like, I don't know what to expect when things start opening back up and we're allowed to go places and maybe there's a vaccine or whatever, like, however. A test for antibodies or yeah, yeah. a stamp on your forehead that yeah, says like you a, can go to work and yeah, you yeah. can't. You're, you're allowed out. Right. And, and that will be like its own set of challenges once those things start happening. But like. Right now, we're just stuck in that waiting and believing that something else is going to happen, but we don't know what. So it's like, I I hesitate to even say it because it's so cheesy, but it is like, it is the 
actual embodiment of that poster you see in your insurance salesman's office about Uh-oh. it not being the destination. It's <laughs> oh, the <no>. journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he but did are it. we he not? Are we not like doing exactly that? Like we, because there is this groundhogish day feeling about our lives right now. You get to um, kind of get a a do-over in a weird way on the day. And like you get to keep practicing and you get to keep going, okay, well, I didn't, the the things that, at least for me, so Uh what I'm realizing is like, I'm so hyper aware of like, did I work out? Did I meditate? Did I really connect with the girls? Did I connect with you? How did I eat? Did I drink enough water? Um, like, you know, pretty basic life things mm-hmm. that normally are, are um, I'm not able to even register a lot of those things because I'm so busy, because mm-hmm. I'm so distracted. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like even like I'll get towards the end of the day and I'm like, oh, well, I'll get another chance to try that again. I get another chance to try and wake up early. And in normal life, outside of quarantine, I do get that opportunity. Um, but I feel like I'm so hyper aware of that because now in the waiting. That's all there is. That's all there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all there is. Do you feel like you're getting better at waiting? I will say, yeah. I mean, I, my my body wants to, my mind wants to like keep trying to rev up. Um, but I don't have the things in front of me to rev me up. Yeah, yeah. And so it's almost like I don't have a choice. Um, whether or not I'm getting better at it, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do, I'm very aware of the fact that I just keep having to practice it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what you should do out there if you are... Um, waiting in the liminal space. I mean, it's maybe just acknowledging that you are, we are. I think that figuring out ways that you can like healthfully um, control is not the right word that I that I want. Well, say more. Um, I think there are some people that are that are crushing quarantine. <laughs> They're eights on the enneagram, <laughs> perhaps, mm-hmm. um, or, or threes. threes. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I actually respect that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that that I wish I was more like. Mm-hmm. Like I wish I could generate self discipline and goals, and I wish I I wish I had more of that. I think sometimes I do when I'm at my best, but. Um, I, I think then some of that is the really healthy, like desire to want to control what you can control Mm -hmm. so that you don't feel like you're going crazy, which I think is absolutely necessary. There are things that like you have to do every Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. to help ground you because everything else has disappeared mm-hmm. to ground you. So I think there's that has to has to happen. But I think that there's a, a, a pendulum, right, where it can be, go too far and you are like controlling yeah. yourself 
into or out of the gift that could be before us Mm -hmm. of this liminal space Mm -hmm. of this um, disruption and Mm -hmm. of this potential threshold that we get to walk through. Well, when I think about it in terms of a threshold, you're like leaving one space, you're walking through, you're moving through another space to get to the next space. And I think trying to, like, usually that's motivated and usually there's a reason. And usually, even if it's as silly as, like, you're going outside to get the mail or it's like you are walking out the door out of a bad relationship or whatever, those are both <laughs> leaving. But um, but there is usually a motivation and it's so hard in this scenario, or what can feel hard about this scenario is that we don't know what we're walking into. Like we didn't collectively, we didn't really choose to leave the way things were and to walk through this strange threshold into whatever is next. Um, And so we don't have that like motivation piece other than it is happening. I think just pay attention to like what it is you're, you're leaving behind. Acknowledge that the threshold is bizarre and it's not chosen. It's not, none of us chose this. None of us really want this. And yet it's leading us into a new space and to look forward. I don't mean like I'm looking forward, but like to look forward and try to see in the horizon, like as that new space draws near, what is it? And what is it inviting me into that's different than what I left behind? When I think about waiting for something, I think, I mean, when you boil that all the way down, isn't it just longing for something, desire? It's like there's something that you're wanting. And the waiting is the period of time between acknowledging that you there's something that you want and then waiting for it to become real or waiting until you have that thing or you try that thing or, you know, whatever it is. And so I think that's why we distract ourselves to like crazy um, extremes sometimes so that we don't have to feel that longing. We don't have to feel that desire. We don't have to feel that there is something that I want or there is something that is for me that is not right now. I feel it now, but it's not yet. And I think that is painful. And I think... um, And I think that we're reminded of that. Like, I think that piece is like comes alive when we experience waiting in other ways and we're maybe not aware of it. But like, so in this, here we are waiting. Nobody chose this. Nobody wanted this. And we were all sort of thrust into the season when I think about it in terms of a threshold and that imagery, which is so beautiful. But usually when we're walking through a threshold or a doorway or a passageway or whatever it is, um, that's motivated. So we're choosing to leave one space, walk through a threshold to get to a different space. We're like moving through a threshold to be somewhere new. And usually we're choosing that or that's motivated, whether it's a big deal or a little deal, whether it's like going outside to check the mail or it's leaving a bad marriage. Um, But we're walking through... 
in order to get to something new, a new space, a new whatever that is. And I think in this situation, again, we didn't choose that. We didn't choose collectively, culturally. We didn't all like take a vote and go like, you know, this isn't so great. Let's walk through this bizarre time together and then let's see what happens on the other side. And yet that's exactly what we're doing. And um, we are in this season of waiting and we don't know what's going to happen next. Everything that's going to happen hasn't happened yet in both really good ways and probably some really hard ways. But um, as time passes and life keeps unfolding, we will find ourselves on the other side of this waiting threshold that we're in right now. And what I think is so unique about it is that we're all in it together. Um, We're all facing this uncertainty at the same time, which I think is beautiful in some ways, um, even in the face of a lot of fear and like shocking and staggering death and loss and sickness and people who are so sick that even what they, even when they recover, they're not going to be the same. Um, and the family, I mean, just ugh, all of it, the economic ravaging of so many families and communities. Um, and yet, I guess I hope, my hope, my desire is that in the f- fact that we're all facing that at the same time, that maybe something really beautiful can happen. And I think we see that in pockets and small little stories and John Krasinski, what is his good news show (laughs) network or whatever? Um, Some good news. Some good news. I know. I was like, I knew there's an N in there, but, um, but we don't know what's going to be the other side. And so I think looking forward, like as much as we're like, wow, we want to return. We're not returning. There's no returning. There never is. I mean, I think that's the thing. You're never returning. You're going to walk through something. You're going to be someplace new. So I think if we can look forward um, and watch the horizon as it gets, as we get closer to it and go like, okay, here's, and, and to remember, we get to shape some of that um, um, in our homes and our hearts and our own lives and hopefully in our communities and, um, and to be patient because it is coming. I don't know when, mm. but there will be something new. Mm. Don't waste the wait. Yeah. Right. Like, don't waste the time, this weird time yeah. that we didn't want. Like you said, we didn't ask for it. Yeah. Um, but almost in a strange way, like we we will never get back either. Yeah. Like, well, hopefully. Oh my gosh. But I but ah. but I think like that there's there has been. I, I hear, it feels singular. It feels absolutely singular, and and in some ways it can feel like pressure. So like, yeah. I do feel the the pressure to like write that book, make that new thing. Make that, um, you know, like get your quarantine bod going, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, Which in my case might, you know, be... Quarantine bod might not be... Yeah, I may be working out, but that doesn't mean I'm also not downing a sleeve of Oreos and maybe (laughs) 
a whiskey or two mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Um, so that I don't have to feel all my sad, scary feelings of like, will our money run out before we get new jobs? Um, but but um, I'm thinking like, what is the kind, generative way to ask that question of ourselves? Or I guess it's a statement of don't waste the weight in a way that doesn't feel pressury, but does mm-hmm. feel like kind and gentle and um, a- allowing you to, to consider what good, great goodness can be brought about in this waiting time. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to mess your life up, <laughs> if you really want to mess things up for yourself, start asking yourself the question what are you longing for that's good what is it that you desire i'm not going to do that mm. and so i feel like if you keep asking yourself the question and you just stick with that same question you know over and over again finally you're going to all those dumb trite answers that you try to give yourself at first Ooh. will fall away and you're going to get to the real real and that might mess your life up but i mean isn't that great well, it is. And, and you know, truth be told, uh, our lives are already messed up. So, like, what do we have to lose now? Right. We might as well figure out what is that thing. I love it. As our friend Steve might say, the thing beneath the thing. The thing beneath the thing. Um, I love it. I think this is where we should end. I think it's... Um, how do you, like, tie that into a little... I don't know. I wouldn't, probably. How? What would you do? Don't know. <laughs> I'm a real son of a. <laughs> um, I'm not trying to be hard, difficult. I'm just thinking like I don't know that. Um, I'm just trying to figure out what a good ending is, because at some point this has to end. Oh God, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it can't just like trail off. Like there's a, conver- a conversation has to come to an, an end. Okay. And it's probably most helpful if we do so in a way. That gives someone, is condescending to your way. That gives mm-hmm. someone um, some handholds to to like walk away with. Don't waste the weight, and as you wait, ask yourself, "What are you really longing for?" That's something. Here's something is brought to you. By Studio Eight. Please comment and subscribe. How did I do? <laughs> <laughs>